Hello and welcome to the uh, sixth episode, um, the sixth episode of Superology, the podcast about all things superheroes, comic book movies, um, and and shows as well. And yeah, so another week that I will be doing by myself, um, and this might be more common in the future. I actually really enjoyed doing it last time. I hope it was uh, en- entertaining uh, when I did it last time. Um, but there's a lot to talk about here um, that I'm, I'm quite excited to talk about, actually. Um, and so, uh, yeah, um, I don't know how many people listen to this, but hopefully if you do listen to this, uh, you enjoy it because uh, there's a lot to talk about today. Um, so I'm going to start with the, the news topics. Um, and yeah, uh there's not there's not too many, but there are some big ones. Um, so let's just start with some casting because there are a few casting ones as there are every every week really. Um, but before I get into that, actually, uh, I just remembered uh, that maybe I might change the the release uh, schedule of of the podcast maybe closer to uh, to like projects coming out just because um, oftentimes a lot of people. That that join me to host. Um, they 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 don't have much to talk about unless there's something new. Um, but but I'll I'll figure it out and I'll I'll update you on that. But um, when it, when it comes to to casting, uh, let's just let's just start with. Um, I'm gonna push this. Uh, Akosia Sabe Sabe. Oh god. I feel really, really offensive. <laughs> okay. Uh, Akosia Sabat. Um, yeah, and she has been reportedly room. I mean, this is a rumor. Reportedly cast as uh, the 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 um, the god Bast Bast, um, who is actually the the Black Panther goddess, which is the the one that provides the the powers for Black Panther. Um, and not not in Wakanda Forever, but this was actually in Thor: Love and Thunder. And this is fascinating um, because this implies actually really bad things for Bast and like what her future is. Just because you know she's apparently going to be in a movie that is about a god killer, uh, so it doesn't really go well for her. Um, but it's an interesting casting decision. Um, I mean, I don't really know her in anything. I, I, I've not seen her in anything, so I can't really judge based on uh, performance or acting or anything like that. But, you know, it, it seems, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll fit uh, quite well. Um, I'm interested to see the role. I mean, I don't know if it will be a big role. I mean, if especially if I'm thinking, you know, with, with gore in mind, I don't know if it will be a very 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 major role but you know it'd be an interesting role um and now moving on uh, there wasn't much to say about that uh we have um we have anthony ramos uh which is uh in hamilton and uh, recently in the heights uh he has he he's apparently in an undisclosed role uh in uh you know in 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 ironheart um uh, we don't know who, uh, but he's going to be a villain. And I don't know how accurate this is, but I heard people saying that he's 
going to be like a, like he's going to be recurring in the MCU as a whole, like a big role in the MCU. Um, so I don't really know who that could be. I mean, uh, I mean, I think last time I did mention a rumor about um, how they were casting maybe a character like Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel Stain, which is Obadiah Stain's son. Um, maybe he's that. Maybe he's a recurring villain like that. Um, we don't know. But uh, there's also rumors of the hood uh, being the villain. So may- maybe he's that. We don't know. But it's fascinating because I remember hearing that he was, uh, Anthony Ramos was actually in uh, consideration for uh, the role of um, the role of Werewolf by Night. And obviously that went to somebody else, not him. So obviously they, maybe they, they maybe they chose, you know, you know, him for this role instead. So I'll be fascinated. I'll be interested to see how they, how they use him in that series. I mean, Thing is, Ironheart seems to be getting a lot of news recently. So, I mean, like, because I wasn't really that interested in it, but like, you know, it, get, it gets you get, get more and more stuff on it um, every passing week. So it sounds interesting. I'm, I'm excited to I'm excited to see more about that. Uh, probably not going to be until next year, probably though. Uh, production probably starts this year, I assume. Um, all right. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we have two. We have two. Uh, two little mini stories within one which relate to each other uh, and that refers to the Craven the Hunter movie which has started filming I believe uh, with uh, with obviously Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that movie honestly I, I'm not a big fan of the Sony Sony Spider-Man universe to be honest it's just kind of unnecessary and, and it's not been handled very well in my opinion um, but yeah so uh, the role of the chameleon uh, the the role of chameleon um, apparently was offered to Cody Smith McPhee, and he, if you don't know, because I mean he's not a recognizable name, but he's up for an Oscar at the moment, so you might know. Um, supporting uh, supporting actor Oscar for uh, the Power of the Dog, and apparently he was uh, turned down. Oh, no, sorry, he actually turned down the role of the chameleon, apparently, for scheduling conflicts, uh, probably related to the whole awards things, uh, which is a bit of a shame, because I feel like he really would be an incredible chameleon. Like, I, I he has, like, I mean, even in The Power of the Dog, he kind of had, like a, like, a really creepy quality to him that would really fit that role, I think. Um, so it's a bit of a shame. Uh, but, you know... On the alternative side, we also got some pretty cool news that Russell Crowe is actually going to be in Craven. Um, I, I think playing the villain, I don't know if that was clarified, I can't remember. Um, but he's just going to be in it for a, like in a capacity. And, you know, I feel like Russell Crowe seems to be popping up in everything recently, so that's quite interesting. Um, but, you know, this could also be good news for, for maybe having a Craven in the MCU that isn't just Aaron Taylor-Johnson. I don't know, that's, that's probably just me grasping at straws, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know enough about Craven. I don't even know like who's Craven's villains are or anything like that. Um, because I'm not really that interested in a movie about Craven. I I wanted him to be like a villain in a Spider-Man movie, but you know, it is what it is. They're just uh, they're very very still committed to their Sony Spider-Man universe. Um, and yeah, so Russell Crowe probably going to be great uh, in the Craven, and that's a bit of a shame. That uh, Cody Smith couldn't 
take the role that I feel would have been perfect for him, would have definitely been more interesting for that, that movie. Uh, but speaking of the Spider-Man Sony universe, um, yeah, Dakota Johnson has been cast as Madame Webb, and that is uh, really fascinating news. Uh, you know, I really like Dakota Johnson as an actress, obviously. Uh, she's um, in a relationship with like my, f- my favorite band's uh, lead singer, so I-, I guess I have a little bit of bias there, but you know, I think she's a good actress. She's got a lot of films coming up this year for some reason. Um, not not complaining. Uh, yeah, and she's uh, sorry, she's um, reportedly going to be playing Madame Webb, and that, that's kind of weird because Madame Webb is like presented as like an like an elderly grandma of Spider, so it's just kind of weird that they, they cast a very young actress to play that role. I'm not sure if they're gonna CGI or like kind of like put prosthetics on to make her look older. Or they're just going for a younger take. I assume they're going for a younger take just because it's going to be a movie about Madame Webb. And so maybe they just want the lead to be younger. Um, I I don't really know why they're making a Madame Webb movie. I don't know who asked for a Madame Webb. I, I didn't even know Madame Webb existed until this movie was announced. So it's kind of weird. But I heard that that she relates directly to the Spider-Verse, the multiverse. Uh, how's like you know like, kind of like she's like the she kind of like, she webs them together. I I I'm trying to phrase it right. I can't really phrase it, but uh, basically she is she's pivotal to that story. And I'm assuming that they're probably wanting to cross over stuff and and like make it all like a universe and stuff. So so I guess they're kind of using it as their flashpoint or like their multiverse of madness kind of thing. Um, so it's interesting to see how that will turn out. But yeah, the fact you got Dakota Johnson. Uh, in the leading role has me a little bit more interested. Uh, still not fully convinced on that. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm really, I'm not excited for Madame Webb. I'm just kind of interested in it now. I, I mean, it sounds more interesting to me than a Craven movie does, to be fair. But because I it just, it's so out of the, out of the box. It's just kind of, it's just kind of weird, in my opinion. I, 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 I really will just have to see it to believe it, really. Um, but, but yes, um, that's really all I can talk about that. For that, I mean, it's not much else to say. Uh, Joker two uh, is apparently eyeing production in twenty twenty three. That is a fascinating thing. I put this here because the discussion about Joker two that's a very interesting one. Uh, Joker two, I've never really been on board with because I mean, I love. I mean. See nowadays, it's kind of, it goes down in my head more and more. I think about it, but uh, you know, Joker. It's like it's a very it's a very standalone movie. Like it, I just don't see how you can make a sequel to it. Like I just don't see what you can do. Uh, it would. I, I don't even know if Joaquin Phoenix would even be up for that. It's just and but then they've confirmed it. It's it's happening. It's very weird. I'm not I'm not sure why it's happening. I mean, I'd rather they have Eternals two happen, but you know. This is a story for another day. But no, apparently they're still doing a Joker 2, and apparently it might be eyeing production next year. So expect that in like 2024, uh, which will be interesting to see, to say the least. I mean, I just I can't really think of like where the story would go. I mean, maybe it's not maybe it's not like actually connected. Like maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe they're just trying not they're not gonna connect it to uh to the original, maybe they're gonna have it like a different Joker. Maybe, maybe that's what they're doing, like a, like a different take on Joker. Maybe they're just ripping off a different like Martin Scorsese film. Uh, 
maybe they're just maybe they're mimicking a different director. Maybe, maybe they're going to have a, a maybe a David Fincher influenced one, uh, and they're going to and they're, like David Finch is going to produce it and stuff. You know, and so that that one would sell me. That one would sell me. Um, yeah. So Joker two, uh, twenty twenty three. Uh, I think production very interesting stuff. Um, I just I want more details on it just because I I'm not convinced about the sequel. I'm gonna need to hear a really good premise to uh, to really resell me on that. Um, but speaking of stuff, I in production or sorry, uh, yeah, no, I in production. Loki season two is apparently I in production in the summer in England where I live. So in London, I believe. Um, which is you know this is more exciting because then obviously Loki season one it ends on such a brilliant cliffhanger. It's actually kind of it's insane, actually. It's just really, really well done. Like the the build up to the the final shot. It's just like the and I think it's. I mean, it's really kind of just because of Natalie Holt's brilliant score, but just, the the cliffhanger is insane. And so season two has the potential to just be like really crazy and just just really good. And I mean, definitely, I think that Multiverse of Madness and uh, Quantum Mania are really going to push that forward. So. You know, it, filming this summer is really good because, you know, they announced season two right after it came out. But, you know, for the last, like, over half a year, we just kind of heard nothing about it. And it was just like we were waiting for more details on it. Um, one other, also, one other fascinating thing is that they've, they've actually confirmed the directors, uh, the directors of Loki season two. And I actually didn't write it down, which is a bit stupid of me. Uh, so I'm going to look it up on the Twitters. Yes, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead would direct a majority of the episodes for Loki season two. Um, probably don't know them, but they I think they've directed uh apparently they've directed some of the Moon Knight episodes, like most of the Moon Knight episodes. So I mean we don't we actually we don't really know obviously we don't know much about actually Moon Knight specifically, uh because you know it's not out yet. It's coming out very soon. I'm very excited about that. We saw a new little bit of that, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, apparently they've also, like, they've actually also directed, like, a lot of other, like, stuff. Like, they're, they're not, like, newcomers, apparently. Let me just also look that up. I'm um, sorry about this. Looking cast and crew. Yeah, like, uh, like, The Endless uh You know, honestly... I just realized they uh, directed a, a new movie uh, coming out this year. So that's interesting. Okay. They, they've directed, they've directed some movies that they, 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 they're established and they also obviously directed, uh, directed some of Moon Knight. So that is really, really interesting. So, I'm, I mean, for Loki season two, there's a lot of potential there for like what they can do. And I'm, I'm really excited to see where they go. I mean, I mean, obviously Tom Hilton, uh, incredible leads in in the first one. Uh, can't we really see more more Sylvie, more uh, more, more Owen Wilson, uh, more more uh, not Morbius. I don't want to see more Morbius. I want to see more Mobius. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, I hope that they expand on Ramona as like as a character. Uh, Ramona, uh, Ravona, sorry, Ravona Renslayer, which is obviously played by uh, Gugu and Uh, which I hopefully didn't butcher that name. 
um, yeah, I think she's a great actress. I think that she, she wasn't wasted, but like she was a bit underused, maybe a little bit. I mean, there was lots of tackles, so I understand why. Uh, but hopefully they they get to. I mean, the thing is, in season one, they actually did kind of leave that open with the fact that she goes somewhere and we don't see her for the rest of the series. So that's what's going to be really interesting to see. But yeah, I mean, this summer I'm going to start hopefully filming in London. Uh, I might go to London and you know sneak little little pictures of the set. I'm joking. I'm probably not going to do that because I, yeah, I I just I don't think I'm going to do that. So I don't think I can do that. So. Yeah, I, I I'm not that committed. I'm not I'm not gonna be like Jake Gyllenhaal and Lightcore or anything like that. You know, uh, not that committed, unfortunately. Um, but moving on, moving on from that, moving on from that, we'll have we'll talk about. Uh, hmm, what should we talk about? Ooh, lots to talk about. Okay, Kevin Feige. Now he. I I I didn't really think this was too much of a. I didn't think this was much of a thing to talk about just because it's kind of like a misquoted thing. But he basically said in an interview that the Avengers was the the final. That's right, Avengers Endgame was like the final Avengers movie. Um, and you know, since I think that people have said that it's like he said that it's the last in the Avengers Infinity Saga. Um, but you know it it opens an interesting discussion because, you know, obviously I don't think he was meaning that, but like it, it shows it's like, it's kind of an interesting thing where it's like now that the MCU is like a lot bigger than just the Avengers with like the X-Men coming and the, um, like the X-Men, yes, the X-Men coming and, and the, you know, the Fantastic Four and maybe the Young Avengers and the Thunderbolts and stuff. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, going forwards. And, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they, they dropped the Avengers brand, like just had you know, like Avengers Secret Wars. They should have Secret Wars, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that would be really interesting to see. I mean, but the thing is, when you look at it, the Avengers franchise, like just like the Avengers movies, not like the MC, but like just the Avengers, like the ones with the Avenger branding, all of them have got a billion. And so I think that it's probably in their best interest to probably keep that brand. But I mean, to be honest, the Marvel brand is so strong on its own that it, I don't even need the Avengers name to make that kind of money. So, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting misquote. Um, so I'm just trying to, to fill this up because we've got two really, 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 really big little news topics here. So I'm going to just go on about the multiverse of Madness trailer because... That is probably one of the biggest things this well this week really, because um, yeah, obviously you, you might know. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but you know, Multiverse of Madness, obviously most anticipated movie, uh, comic book movie of of the year. Uh, it's just you know the the obviously I I really really like Doctor Strange, the original Doctor Strange from twenty sixteen. I think it's really underrated. I think it's an incredible film. Like, I, I mean, a lot of people, like, say it's, like, oh, it's really generic, but, like, I don't really agree with that. Um, but, like, it's just, it's such a, such a brilliant film. Like, it's such a, I, I, I really don't know how to describe it, but, you know, I just, it's, okay, well, I, I won't, I won't describe it um, because I shouldn't waste my time. Basically, I love it. And, uh, obviously, Multiverse of Madness is a sequel to that, but 
it's so much more. It's so much more because this time, this time you you have Sam Raimi on it. You have Sam Raimi on it. Um, you have Wanda Maximoff as the Scarlet Witch in it. Um, and you just and you just have madness. Well, literally madness. It's called the Multiverse of Madness. And so it was also it was always on my radar. And so I watched the uh, the teaser trailer that was uh, with uh, Spider Man, and it, I loved it. I, I I devoured that trailer. It was brilliant. I, I thought it was great. It was very much a teaser trailer though, and so it didn't really give us much. It kind of just gave us like really nice looking shots, a really good looking poster, um, and yeah, you know some some more looks of stuff we knew. The new one. The new one they premiered at the Super Bowl. Oh my god, that trailer is just—it's phenomenal. Like, I—I I don't know if there is a trailer that Marvel have have produced that's like better. I mean, I saw it in a video someone said that, but I agree with it because, like, it genuinely is just like one of the one of the best made trailers they've done. But like. Just the way that it builds up your anticipation is just like, <laughs> sorry, it's just really, really astounding, actually. Like, I was already ex- really stupid excited for the film, and it doubled my excitement, which was already like at the height of excitement. So, you know, that, that just goes to Charles Strongholds because, you know, it just, it, 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 I think it leans into the madness, which is something you need to lean into because the first one, it didn't really, because it was a teaser. It was kind of like almost giving a little bit of a horror vibe. Um, you know, trying to reel you in, but the, this one is just like, it just goes insane. Like it just shows how crazy this film is going to be. Like we know it's going to be. And, like, I just love it for that. Like, there is, like, every single shot in the trailer is just, like, it's beautiful. It's so well shot. It's so, the visual language is there. You know, the style, it's, it's like, so stylistic. Like, it's, like, Sam Raimi. I mean, obviously, Sam Raimi did direct it. But, like, you know, a lot of people say, like, oh, you know, he, Kevin Feige, you know, restricts the, the creative vision or whatever. Um, yeah, well, he didn't hear, obviously, because, you know, you just, you have like these shots, like these like spin shot. That's not even probably what it's called, but you have like a really like whip pan. You know, you just just it's just very Sam Raimi and in, in the best way. Um, but but you know, as a Doctor Strange film, it's just like it. Like people were worried that it wasn't going to be a Doctor Strange film, and you know, some people are still worried about that because you know what Scarlet Witch is a big part of it. But like the 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 focus on like. Doc Strange's psyche and like his and his effect on the multiverse and also his uh his decisions that he made, especially in, in No Way Home. Um, I think that I find that really interesting. And and you know, I mean we've got like another two different variants of him in the film as well. So I I just think he looks really cool in this. Um but Wonder, oh my god, Wonder, I mean, she's my favorite, I think she's my favorite MCU character, and it's just because she's really compelling in, like, a different way, like, she's not necessarily good, uh, but she's not necessarily evil, um, I just find her character really interesting, I mean, I loved WandaVision, despite what other people say, when the people kind of just turned on that show, but I, I still love it, I still really liked it, um, 
despite you know it's got some issues with its structure, but you know it's just it's you know it's just like the the, the sitcom like elements were just so well done. Anyway, it's not a one division discussion. Uh, in this trailer, she was so like I just you know because the thing is that in the last trailer they were kind of hiding the fact that she's kind of a villain here. This one is the opposite. That they were showing you that she was the villain. And like it was just, it was like it was a mic drop moment. Like just not only do we see her being villainous, but you see her drenched, like her face is just drenched in blood, and you just like that is and, and like it zooms into into her eyes. It's just like that is crazy. That is that is just that is something that you don't expect. I mean, because the thing is, I didn't realize that they could show blood like that, but no, she's just completely splattered in blood. And it's like, it's really, it just, it shows how insane and how, you know, violent this, violent this movie is going to be, despite it's probably, um, probably like PG-13 kind of rating. Uh, it's just going to push that boundary. So it's going to be dark in, in like a proper way. But what got me as well is a certain thing that she says, um, where she's like, you know, you, you break the rules and you become the hero. I do the same, and I'm the enemy. That doesn't seem fair. And I didn't deliver it good. You know, she, I mean, Elizabeth Olsen obviously um, delivered it way better than I did. But, like, the way that she delivers it is just so incredibly powerful. And it just, it shows you, it's like, it just, like, punches you in the gut. Like, oh, my God, she is, she is the villain. And, like, she's, like, genuinely intimidating and like she's like she's got, but she's not just like evil for the sake of it. She like has a motive, and like I think a lot of people will take that quote out of context, but they're like, oh yeah, oh my god, she's so right. Like no, she's not. She's, she's like she's intentionally deluded in saying that. Um, like she's fully intentionally deluded for saying it like that because you know obviously diff- completely different circumstances. You know, Doc Strange you know, turning back time to save the world from, like, a city literally being destroyed uh, or, and, like, you know, kind of looking into the future just to you know, specifically save the world from being snapped in half versus, you know, actually enslaving an entire town. But, you know, I, I, I don't hate Wanda, obviously. I mean, she's my favourite character. And I think a lot of people on Twitter overreact about her character because, you know, she does have reasons behind what she does. And I think it's compelling. But um, anyway, it's not a wonder chat. Uh, I just think the way that she delivers the lines, it's just like, it's such, it's so perfect. Like, I think that she's such an underrated act. I mean, that's kind of weird to say because everyone knows her on Twitter. I mean, in terms of like her actual skill and like terms of like people that actually recognize it, I, I don't think enough people do. I think a lot of people, I'm, I'm just, okay, I'm just going to, not going to say that because I mean I agree with it but like it's just like a slippery slope like oh no she's actually really popular I know she's really popular but anyway just like the way she's like um, she's like oh yeah it's like you know if you do it that doesn't seem fair like her fate it's just really intimidating and like I mean going back to the actual trailer just the visuals like just you you see how them like America Chavez and like uh, Doctor Strange are kind of like they're going through this like dinosaur plat, which I heard is like the Savage Lands or something, which is you know related to the mutants, which is really interesting. But and then you can kind of see at the top, you can kind of see like the cartoon universe, and it's just like really interesting how that you know how like just like maybe the meshing of like different like 
art styles is going to be in here. Like, it's just it's just the visuals look insane. Like the direction looks incredible. It looks so violent. It just looks. There was not a single. There was not a single joke in that trailer. And obviously, I don't mind the humor in MC movies, unlike a lot of other people. But like, just the way that it just has like a foreboding tone and just felt just an insane like foreboding scary tone which is like that it speaks for itself um it's just an incredible trailer i'm just like really really excited for it and just i can't i can't wait longer we still got like until may you know you know it would be a lot closer if it wasn't for that delay i'm just i'm still a little bit annoyed by that delay but yeah the multiverse of man is trailer what one hell of a trailer that wasn't you know the poster as well oh you know honestly i didn't even i didn't even discuss the big thing that patrick saw patrick stewart in the trailer as well you know like 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 sorry his voice was but you know it's so indistinctively it's like very distinctively his voice um in the illuminati i mean we see the illuminati and it's like we got to tell him the truth, and like you can hear that in his voice, and like that's just insane. I mean, I've kind of known about it before because of the rumors, but like just hearing it is just kind of insane. And you know, it kind of sets a precedent. It's like if they're willing to show that now, that this movie is just going to be absolutely crazy. Because if that's not your biggest reveal, then I don't know what would be your biggest reveal. Uh, I think that maybe they're not going to be relying too much on cameos, as some people think, and you know they're just not really bo- bo- bothered about keeping the cameo secret and they're just trying to, you know, you know, make the hype based on the actual story itself, which is obviously the best case scenario, in, in my opinion. Um, but then also uh, another thing I forgot to mention is that there seems to be I think Maria Rambo as Captain Marvel we saw in here fighting Wonder. Um, at first I thought it was, I, I didn't know who it was. It looks a bit like maybe like Iron Man or, uh, or Nova. I mean, I, I didn't think Nova cause I think I, I know why they just cast Nova in secret and then none of us know about it. But, um, yeah, it seems like Maria Rambo, uh, cause it seems more like Lashana Lynch than, um, than, than, uh, Tyrone in Paris to me personally. Uh, yeah, just the trailer, it's just, I mean, I, 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 I actually, I, I wrapped it up and then I remember like two of the major things. It's just, there's so much to unpack and the poster is also incredible. Uh, also shows kind of, like, it also has the, 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 the shield for like, uh, for Captain Carter as well. So she's going to be in it as well. It's just, it's insane. It's insane. It looks, ugh, I just, okay. But moving on from the Multiverse of Madness trailer, which is not to unpack, um, let's go on to the Peacemaker section. Oh my god. Oh my god. Now, okay, I haven't talked about this show much. Obviously, I haven't, I don't think I've talked about it really since it came, started. Um, if I did, I'm sorry, I, I can't remember. But, yeah, I mean, the thing is, the first three episodes, they didn't really impress me. Like, I, I mean, in hindsight, I think they were a lot better. But like when I watched them, I was like I liked them, but I like I didn't love them. I didn't they didn't really stick with me, and so I kind of wrote off the series as like a okay, it's you know it's a fine series, you know it's a, a fun series, a nice little little side thing. But the next week, they dropped uh, episode four, and like I watched it, um, 
I think I watched it like probably half a week later than it came out because I wasn't really interested in watching it. And I heard a lot of people saying it was really good. But like they said, the, the third one was really good. So I, I didn't, didn't know if they were right. And like it just it blew me away. Like that fourth one, it blew me away and it stuck with me. And like from then on, I was just completely invested in the show. And I, I like I genuinely think it's like it's like really like one of the best comic book shows I've ever seen. Um, I think it's behind Daredevil and The Boys for me. Uh, but like that's a really, really high bar. For the, those two are like a really high bar. Obviously, it's not gonna beat those, but it's just it's it's so surprising to me because I mean I love, 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 love the Suicide Squad. And so I, you know, I didn't expect. I mean, I kind of, I kind of had hopes for a Peacemaker show to be interesting. I just didn't really think the marketing was that interesting. I, I mean, I thought it was pretty decent marketing. It just, uh, it just, it focused on one too many edgy jokes that were just kind of like not really as funny to me uh, when I was seeing them in the trailer. And so I was just kind of like, okay, it looks interesting. I'll probably check it out. And so I did. And. But but yeah no but like it, but in that fourth episode like just every element of the show that works was first present in that fourth episode for me the way the way that it kind of blends the fam the fat the found family aspect with like this really insane twisted weird kind of gross almost kind of supernatural story and it kind of mixes that with like a genuine grounded you know, flawed human, outcast, kind of just like kind of like grappling with his own kind of morality. And like that is just that is just the best part of it. Like, you know, Peacemaker, he, you know, obviously it's spoiler alert for the Suicide Squad, but he kills Rick Flag. And like a lot of people were like kind of pissed off with him for that. And like it's fair enough. But like in this show, he is pissed off with himself for doing that. He he feels the guilt of that, and it's genuine. And you know, as the show goes on, it's just like the way that it that every single character is so well developed. It's just kind of it's kind of crazy because it's not just Peacemaker that gets really well developed. Because you know, Peacemaker has a story um, about his his dad and like how he like his relationship with his dad, who's like obviously this horrible racist. Uh, he used to be like the the white the white dragon, and yeah, he kind of he kind of you know over the course of the show he even overcomes his issues with his dad, and like that that arc specifically is just really really well done, and but then you've also got the you've also got the the kind of the vigilante here, which I, I've heard that he isn't really accurate to his comic book counterpart, and, like, I can understand why people be annoyed by him. But, honestly, at first he kind of annoyed me, but I think as he went on, he got really endearing, and I understand he's not a very at comic accurate version, but I think he was really well played by Frey Strummer. Um, But I really love the 11th Street Kids, and that was uh, basically the, the crew from... Uh, the, the Suicide Squad, so it got Steve Agee as uh, Economos, uh, I think John, Eco- John Economos, uh, and you have obviously Amelia Harcourt and those, um, but you also have um, the daughter of Amanda Waller, 
And like she's obviously a new one. She she wasn't in the Suicide Squad. And like I find her character really fascinating and really well developed. Her arc was incredible. Um, because she's the daughter of a Madawa, I found that really fascinating how they had a character that was the the daughter of uh, a Madawala. Um, and it kind of ties into the show really nicely. And it wrap, and that by the end of the show, it really wraps it up in a nice bow. And you know, one thing I loved about the show was it really mixes the comedy with like genuine human drama, and that's what keeps me hooked. Like, just like in episode seven specifically, there's like a specific scene that is just so heartbreaking, and it's like there's obviously also there's also like heartwarming moments and like some humor in there. There's also this really tragic moment, and like it's just the balance of that is like only something that I think James Gunn James Gunn can really do, and so I think that. I just think it's a really incredibly executed show. I don't really want to spoil too much because, you know, it's an incredible show and like the fun- and just the way that it's structured, like in eight episodes, is perfect. Like it's just really perfectly structured. It's not too rushed. It's like um, it feels like it feels episodic, like a TV show. It's just the all the characters are really well developed and just they all have their moments as emotional moments, as heartwarming moments, as funny moments. It's just the action is really well choreographed. Just. The direction's great. It's just the writing is incredible. It's just there's a there's like not much to, to dislike here. And, and John Cena is just like really good here. He really shows himself off here, really, I think. But I don't really want to spoil too much because I think that the best way of viewing it is kind of not knowing the the, the, the main story. So I'm not gonna spoil it, but I, I just I really do recommend watching it. And thankfully, thankfully for me, there is a season two coming. There is a season two coming officially, and I'm really excited for that. So it was greenlit, uh, I think, right the day before the finale, which was very exciting. Um, I won't go into what I think they could do in that, because that will also involve spoilers for the first one. And I really want people to watch it. So if you haven't seen it, but um, if you have seen it, maybe you could tweet at me, uh, tweet at me uh, what you want to see in, in Peacemaker Season 2. Uh, I'm at the Obster. Um, you could just send me, like, uh, just anything you want to see in Season 2 of the Peacemaker. So, all that I like to call Peakmaker because it is peak. It is peak fiction. Um, but, you know, addition to that, there is another Suicide Squad film in the making. There is another suicide, uh, not film, show. There's another, the Suicide Squad show in the making. Well, I believe so. I mean, James Gunn working on another one in that universe. So, you know, that really has me interested because I wonder who it could be. I, I think I think that it will be Bloodsport uh, by Idris Elba, uh, with, sorry, with Idris Elba, just because that show has been rumoured for a while, but it also makes the most sense, I think, because... You know, out of all the characters. Um, I think maybe Ratcatcher 2 is the only other one I can really see being a show. Uh, which I'd be I'd be really interested in a Ratcatcher 2 show, and she's obviously the fan favorite character. But I can really see them getting Idris Elba for a Blood Sports show. So I mean, especially if they, uh James Gunn's involved, uh th- there's no reason to believe that won't be incredible. So yeah, I'm just I'm really interested to see what they do with that Suicide Squad show. And I really hope 
that they make a, a third suicide, like the Suicide Squad movie, just because I feel like the way that Peacemaker ends, I won't spoil anything, but I think it really sets up a third one really well. Um, but that is it for the news and topics of the week. Um, but let's go on to the comic book movie of the week. And, you know, it was hard to choose this week because there's a lot of stuff that I have watched comic book movie related uh, within the last week because I have just finished my Fox X-Men binge. Uh, that means re-watching and watching some uh, old, some of the Fox movies. And so I've watched all the highs, all the lows. So I, I could probably go into a detailed fashion. Uh, sorry, yeah, detailed fashion about the the bad movies, the, the really, because the thing is with the X-Men, the Fox X-Men, is that the lows are really low and the highs are like so ridiculously high. Um, and so it makes it really hard for me to, to know what to talk about because uh, I don't know which one I want to talk about the most, but I decided that I want to talk about Logan this week because that is my favorite one by a, a, by a bit. Um, obviously, Days of Future Past is incredible as well. But Logan is on a different level. Um, yeah, so L- Logan, um, you know, Logan is a film that, like, it's hyped up so much. I think it fully deserves its hype because it's just, it's so, it's so, like, human to me. Like, it's so real, like, which is kind of weird to say. It's a very fictional film, but it feels very authentic in the way that it's presented. Um, Hugh Jackman, obviously... Uh, you know, in the lead role, but obviously you have Sir Patrick Stewart, which is obviously relevant for today as well with the Multiverse Madness trailer. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're both playing an older version of their character. And the interesting thing about this movie is that I'm pretty sure that it's not really connected to any of the timelines. Uh, it's kind of like an alternate timeline, kind of. Um, and so because of that, it feels very much its own thing. And you know, maybe that was the best thing for it because the X-Men, the Fox X-Men, like, timeline is so convoluted that it's just kind of like, you might as well just not even try to fit into it. Um, but yeah, you know, honestly, if, to me, it feels like the conclusion of the, 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 the X-Men franchise. Like, because, I mean, the other X-Men aren't in it, but, you know, Patrick Stewart is in it, uh, Hugh Jackman's in it. They were kind of the main things about the first X Men movie. Like you know, that that that's kind of like the they're the mainstays, and so they're, they're being sent off in this movie, and so it's kind of like it feels like it's gone full circle. But so obviously, it's based on the Old Man Logan comic. I don't, I don't know how much because I haven't read that comic, but I think it might be loosely based on it. Um, I think it's like also kind of. You know, it's also got, like, you know, its own elements to it. But basically, the mutants have all kind of been killed off. Um, and, you know, you know, Logan and, and Charles are the only ones remaining, to that knowledge, uh, until Laura, uh, which is, um, you know, discovered to be Logan's daughter, uh, she is another mutant. She is... Uh, has the same powers as Logan does. And so 
you know, she, he's kind of tasked, tasked to go find this camp of remaining mutants to, uh, you know, to bring Laura to safety because, uh, you know, obviously the people, the so the, the, the people were kind of, normal people were kind of like going around kind of wanting to, to kill her, to, wanting to imprison her and uh, kind of experiment on experiment on her to to like create their own mutants uh like kind of like with hybrid hybrid mutants which is just really really messed up um and so the film is kind of it's kind of simplistic in that in that sense it's like it's not a very convoluted film in in its structure it's like it's a simple story it's, you know you know Logan, he's old, he's weary, you know, no mutants left except from, you know, a few. And now he's found another mutant and he has to take another mutant to a bunch of other mutants that survived. And yeah, end of the day, that's the end of the story. That's a nice conclusion to the arc. And yeah, that's basically what it is. But the reason that it's so good is because of how human it's presented. It's so authentic that it's just so utterly like investing. Like, um, I feel like it sounds really pretentious, but you know, the way that it's the way that it's structured, um, it feels like it kind of feels weird to say this, but it kind of feels like very slice of life in in a way. Um, in that the, the film like for the majority of the film, like there's not really much actually going on. Like, you know, it's not really, like, it's not that, there really is action, obviously. At the start, there is action. There's, like, an action scene. Uh, but even that action scene, it's, like, very, like, there's, like, a shaky cam. It's, it was very, feels more like an action scene you see in, like, a Quentin Tarantino movie, maybe. Um, than like, a Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that. And, but, no, but, like, it really focuses on the human, like, the, the well, that's kind of, like, a weird thing to say about but like if focus on like very very real emotions and the 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 kind of I I don't know because the thing is the thing is it feels so dystopian the like just the way it's written it's just if it sounds really weird to say it is dystopian but like the just all the dialogue is just so it just really you know really conveys that. Um, and but I just what I loved about it was just the the way that it kind of like has moments where it's just kind of like you wouldn't really expect that to be in a comic book movie. Like uh they they go into like I mean like sorry, sorry, like Logan, uh Charles and Laura, they kind of just go to like a shopping center and they go like to a, a petrol station and then they they kind of they kind of go to uh like some like if they help somebody uh they help a family and then get into the house you know it's kind of like it's just very slice of life in that way that they're, they're just they're, they are literally just going to one place to another but on that way they are just stopping off places and just kind of like to build character you know just to, to add to the world's building of it kind of um and it's kind of hard to explain, but like it kind of, and then and because of the the human aspects of that, it really builds towards this really 
incredible like climax of the film that is just like completely earned. Not, I mean, I think the idea is that like it's it's earned because of the way the film is structured, but then it's even more earned if you've watched the other films because of the like emotional investment you have in the character of Logan and also in Charles Xavier. And I just found that that Charles Xavier in, in this movie, Professor Professor X, he's like the best he's ever been. Like this is probably Patrick Stewart's best performance. Like he he has like I think like maybe dementia um, or Alzheimer's or I I don't know what specifically he has like or maybe like a mutant version of that Um, and basically you know he he has a bad brain he kind of which is you know he is the psychic you know his brain literally is powerful and and so that you know that makes him like his performance just have to be kicked up to like eleven and. You know, it's just really, really incredibly acted. And I, I really was really emotional when his character, you know, he got, you know, he died. And and I think it was such a brilliant send-off for the character, that version of the character. It's just, I think out of all the performances, I feel like, I've, I, feel like I feel like people mention Hugh Jackman more than they do Patrick Stewart, but I think they're like equal levels. I think they're equal levels. But, you know, Hugh Jackman, you know, he he just, like, he, like he's just, I think his, his best performance as Logan. I can't really claim if it's his best. I, I don't know if I don't think it's, I don't know if it's his best overall, because I think maybe Prisoners, I think, I still think Prisoners is probably his best. But um, it, it's also, it's an incredible performance, incredible performance. Um, and, it, and it really earns that ending where he, you know, he finally dies, and I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's such a brutal film, it's like, it's such a brutal film, and like a very, a very human film, and so it blends those elements with the comic book, and with the, the action, and makes this movie that is just, it kind of transcends the genre, and so I, I genuinely think it's a masterpiece, uh, it's, it's just it 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 got it, it hooked me from the start, um, and it's like clearly the best of of the Fox X Men uh, franchise. So yeah, I mean that's all I really have to say about Logan. Uh, it, it's just a film that is really hyped up. That it just it fully lives up to its hype in every possible way. Uh, a film I really love. But what do you think? of Logan, what do you think of Logan, uh, what are your opinions on it, please let me know what you think of it, uh, if you agree with me, if you disagree with me, uh, but that's that's it for today, uh, that's all I have to talk about, I mean, I, have a, I, had, a lot to, I had a lot to talk about, but you know, uh, that's it, um, I don't really have a, a smart thing to say, so to finish it, I don't really have anything else to add so i hope you enjoyed this episode of uh superology um and i'll probably be back soon um maybe maybe the next episode i'll be talking about the batman hopefully i'll be i'll be fun there'll be a lot to talk about there um but yeah thank you for for listening uh and i'll see you uh well i guess i'll i guess i'll talk to you later then